All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Michigan Edition. It is Mamba Day, so happy Mamba Day to all y'alls. Kobe Bryant Day. Dan, what's going on, dude? Oh, man. Uh, feels good to be back, man. Uh, we haven't spoken about Michigan since, I think, in the June area when we were talking a little NIL, but uh, is I mean, next week, man, it's week zero this week, so we at least get uh, we get some college football, but, man, it is, it's here, and this is arguably you know, some of like our Christmas Eve, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, when we did this episode last year, uh, we were coming off the COVID year, you know, the, the 2020 season, very forgettable in a lot of ways. Um, not anything that, you know, us Michigan fans look back on fondly. And going into last season, I think that we were both skeptical that we could even be an eight and five have an eight and five season that we both pretty much predicted we would have. Um, Michigan obviously exceeded that and put together um, in my fandom, it's, it's best season. I don't know. I, I would assume your fandom too. I mean, I'm guessing you were too much of a diehard at, in 97, but um, yeah, I think ultimately uh, a season that we'll never forget. And I'll briefly go over it here. So Michigan in 2021, they finished 12 and two. Eight and one in the Big Ten. Uh, their first loss came against Michigan State in a top ten ranked matchup, thirty three thirty seven. They fall, um, but they they responded to that loss. They rolled off a couple of really big wins, including big time road wins against Penn State, uh, and they go on to beat Ohio State in the regular season finale, forty two twenty seven at Michigan Stadium in uh, a barn burner. You know something that Michigan hasn't been able to do in in a very long time and. Uh, not since 2011, so it had been 10 years, and uh, they did it emphatically. And then the very next week, playing in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship, they beat Iowa 42-3, um, and they win the Big Ten convincingly, outright, no issues at all. Uh, that did lead to a college football playoff appearance, uh, but it was only an appearance as they lost to Georgia 34-11 to uh, in their only college football playoff. Now... With success, uh, a lot of times things happen and there's turnover. And one of the, the great things about this past season is we had really great players and great leadership. Unfortunately, we're losing some of those. Uh, as far as the draft goes, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, star of the team, goes number two overall. Dax Hill, another star of the team, goes number 31. So both first rounders. Uh, they did get David Ajabo in the second round. Uh, Hassan Haskins drafted 131 overall, and then Andrew Stuber, 245th overall. Um, before I go any farther in the offseason stuff, obviously, season to remember, and lots of players leaving for the draft. Opinions on that stuff? <clears throat> yeah, that was definitely, um, you know, I was blessed to be able to go to the Big Ten Championship game and the Orange Bowl, and even though they lost the Orange Bowl, it was something that, just felt like I, I, I felt like I had to do it. You know, it was one like one on one time opportunity, but uh, the Big Ten championship game, uh, I like, like I called in that day, you and Brad were doing the live for for Sunday. And it was just emotion. I was just emo like, it was literally the best day of my life was December 3rd, 2021, man, literally the best day of my life. Um, and, you know, going into that season, you're right. Like eight, four, man, we were thinking maybe nine wins. Um, uh, you know, this, this coming up season is what uh, 
what was really supposed to be expected to be what happened last year because of they, they signed that two-year deal with Jim Harbaugh and the systems that stayed on. So this was the year that last year was supposed to happen. But, you know, it, it still feels good to look back on the calls and everything like that. It was, you know, I, we all wanted Hutch to go one overall, but he stayed hometown. And that's probably enjoys that a lot more because he's there with his family. They all live in Michigan within a short drive. So, uh, yeah, definitely um, – I was a season member, and kind of like I mentioned when we were talking uh, NIL back in June, is as a Michigan fan, uh, I had mentioned that you really should look back on 2021 as uh, as uh, even more memorable because that's probably the last. The way it happened is probably you'll never see it again because of the college football expansion, the, the conference, you know, getting the basically eaten away at the Pac-12, and the way we're used to seeing tradition, it ain't going to be the same anymore. So last year this year and maybe next year uh is what you'll really see the traditional big 10 looking like and then after that you know it's going to be onward and upward in the future so hold 20 hold 2021 near and dear to your heart like i do and um you know hold your heads high man we we conquered the demon that was ohio state and now time to run it back time to run it back and continuing the off season um, when you have a season like this, you lose players of the draft. We talked about that, but one thing you don't kind of expect is that your head coach would potentially look for other opportunities, but Jim Harbaugh looking at the Vikings ultimately decides to stay at Michigan. Um, but with success, again, comes departures, Josh Gaddis, offensive coordinator leaves for the Miami university, uh, defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's, uh, departs back towards the Baltimore Ravens to join them again. Um, as far as the hires go, they bring on Sharon Moore as a co-offensive coordinator. He was actually listed as a co-offensive coordinator last year. Obviously, a, a definitely a bigger role this year, uh, along with Matt Wise, co-offensive coordinator as well. And then defensive coordinator, they bring in Jesse Minter. So Jesse Minter was with Vanderbilt, but prior to that, he was with the Ravens, also coached with McDonald and all the hardballs over at Baltimore. So hopefully we're getting a very similar defensive package, defensive terminology, stuff like that. That's just going to continue to roll. Nothing, uh, nothing crazy there. Anything else off season wise that you want to add? Um, no, you hit, a, hit the nail on the head there. The only thing, uh, a lot of the non-Michigan fans are, of course, are attacking us. You know, Jesse Minner coming over that Vanderbilt thing, that stigma that comes with it. It's like, it's like, they don't realize when he was in Baltimore, they had a top five secondary every year that he was coaching them. He's a secondary's coach. So that's what his forte is. So if, if just sleep on him, just sleep on him. If you, if, if everyone wants to knock on him to do for coaching at Vanderbilt for one year, go ahead and sleep on him. But uh, the offense is schematically probably going to be the same, even though that uh, Gattis went to Miami, uh, you know, Gaddis was kind of running his system when he first got here was without, it wasn't without its, its, its problems, its issues. And then they kind of threw a hybrid Jim Harbaugh esque style in there. So I don't think it's going to be much of a difference in terms of that, but, uh, but yeah, you got, you got it done. <clears throat> to be honest. I mean, nothing against Josh Gaddis. I'm not trying to shit on him just because he's gone. Um, but you kind of touched on it briefly there. I mean, there wasn't a ton of success with this offense as long as he's been here. Mm -hmm. The one year there's a ton of success. Um, 
the offensive line exploded. You could argue that uh, we didn't turn the ball over. Was that a lot of Cade? Was that the offensive play calling? Who knows? And then one of the most dominant rush attacks we've had in a long time. And it's definitely the most dominant rush attack we've had that results in wins. Obviously, the the Denard Robinson and um, and there's been a couple of different backs that played with Denard, but you know the Dar- Denard Robinson Fitzgerald Toussaint era. Yeah, they rushed for a ton of yards. Didn't really translate to a ton of wins, um, especially not in the big games where this this offense literally controlled the line of scrimmage in every aspect against everybody they played except for Georgia. Um, so. Speaking of offensive line, speaking of players, speaking of offense, let's go ahead and get into the depth chart. Um, I wanted to take a little bit in this section. We can really take as long as we we really want. I want to do it justice and really kind of break down, make some predictions here. Uh, Let's start offense. Everybody likes offense, right? Let's start in the main position where we have a battle. We have a camp battle. Uh, Everybody has an opinion. Um, I'm going to give one and I, to be honest, I'm not trying to say it as if it's unique, but I don't think a lot of people share the same opinion as me, but, uh, maybe you do. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, Cade McNamara is battling. He was a starting quarterback last year, definitely earned every right to be that quarterback, uh, moving forward. And then you have five-star quarterback JJ McCarthy going into his sophomore season. So. I'll start here. Kate has done absolutely nothing to lose the job, in my opinion. <clears throat> While he did not look great against Georgia, I would also argue that nobody looked great against Georgia. So we're splitting hairs. Um, JJ, while may be more talented and may increase the amount of plays you're able to run offensively, um, I, I, I don't know if we should just give him the job because of that, because if you're telling me I get one more touchdown per game, let's just hypothetically say one more extra touchdown per game, starting JJ. What if I also get one more turnover per game? You know what I mean? Um, I just don't know what that necessarily translates to. I've been. I've been a, a big component on JJ needs to take the job from Cade. And if he's been taking the job, then great. I don't care who starts the job. I think that's my opinion. I don't know if you share the same. I truly don't care. I'm not rooting for either or. Um, I've always said Cade's QB1 because in my opinion, he's played like it. It's been his job. He has not lost the job in my opinion. Um where are you here? Are you, are you have a rooting interest? Are you hoping they go with somebody? Are you okay with just the upperclassman riding until he goes out? Or are you like, whatever happens, happens? Right. You know, we talked, obviously, the, it was one of the key storylines last year was the, the quarterback carousel that they were rolling out there. And, you know, we mentioned it many times. You know, we, we both, we, we, we were like, enough of the shenanigans to stick with one guy and, and roll with it. And, you know, we've seen that over We've seen it over the, over the years as Michigan fans in general. I mean, when Rich Rodriguez was here, Tate Force and Denard Robinson, especially in 2010, uh, probably probably 09 and 2010 both respectively. Um, 
until Denard took that over in the, back in the 2010, they were rotating all the time. Tate Forcey would go down, lead a good drive, then Denard's in there. And it's like, you're, I feel like, obviously, we're not the coaches, but I feel like the rhythm's lost. Um, and like kind of like last year, Kate would have a good drive, and then J.J. McCarthy would go in there. And then sometimes when McCarthy would go in there, it would go in there just to hand the ball off. And obviously, that's probably – the intention is probably like RPO throw it, then decide to run the threats there. I'm in the camp of, yeah, Cade hasn't done anything to lose his job. Michigan fans need to stop disrespecting this man. He gave you a season that a lot of people have never seen in their lifetime. Secondly, um, I, I kind of want, I, I want to say a root against, I, I'd probably prefer JJ only because of that, the, the threat with the legs. Um, I, get, I could go with either or. Cade McNamara runs out there for, for the whole season. He's a starting quarterback. I'm not hating on it. The dude the dude has talent. He set state records in Nevada. He can throw the ball. That Michigan State game wasn't lost because of his late interception. He kept Michigan in that game. Um, rightfully so. J.J. McCarthy is the one that dropped the soap twice, and one was a turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my knock on J.J. at the time was because he's in there at crucial moments when why is – Kate not in there throwing the ball. Why is Jay? Why? What is? What did he do to warrant that that pull? Um, so it's probably you know Michigan's blessed with a cupcake non conference schedule. So for these first three weeks, you're probably going to see a healthy dose of both of them. Um, and I guess Maryland will be kind of week one on who who gets rolled out there. But Kate wasn't asked to do a whole lot because the strength was the running game. It's probably going to be somewhat similar to that. Maybe not such a heavy dose. It seemed like it was 60, 40 run last year, and it might be closer to to 50, 50 this year. I don't know, but I'll leave you with this before we go to the next uh, position group. Uh, I have quarterback A and quarterback B. I know you like playing these games. So I'll start with quarterback A. And I want you to see if you can decipher who's who quarterback A. 2,293 yards, touchdowns, six interceptions. How many touchdowns? 17 and six. So 17 touchdowns, six picks. And then uh, 307 pass attempts on 193 completions. Quarterback A. And then quarterback B is 2,576 yards, 18 touchdowns, six interceptions, 327 attempts, 210 completions. So the difference there, of course, is a little bit more yards for B and then two less touchdowns, but the same amount of interceptions and through the rock a little bit more. So I guess my question is, are these Michigan quarterbacks only we're talking? Both of them are Michigan quarterbacks. Yes. Is one of them Wilton Spate? No. Interesting. How far back are we going? Are we talking? Are these recent? Uh, quarterbacks. The other quarterback, ninety, uh, nineteen nineties. Nineteen nineties. Okay. I don't have a guess. Hit me. So we'll start with quarterback A. Two thousand two hundred ninety-three yards, seventeen tutties, six picks. That's Brian Greasy. Ninety-seven and won the national championship, and you have Cade McNamara. Slightly more yards, 25 or 76. 
plus touchdowns, same picks, and 20 more passing attempts. So my point is, understandably different eras, right? But friends do like that's the last time Michigan football won the national championship, respectively, uh, with Nebraska thing, whatever. But all I'm saying is, hate, hate, right? It can be done. Right. Yeah, Michigan. Michigan relied on a, on a national championship level defense, and so did Georgia last year. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State fans, Michigan State fans want to give Michigan all the the the, uh, the dark shit in the world last year against the the Georgia Bulldogs, but that team was historically phenomenal, and so was 1997 U of M. <clears throat> yeah, I. I don't know if there's been anybody that's been more supportive of Cade, maybe equally supportive, but I've been a Cade supporter um, for a while. I wasn't his supporter in 2020. Uh, I, I fell 100% in love with the hype of, and I don't even remember his name now. That's how terrible he was. Starting quarterback week one, 2020. Joe Milton. Oh, Joe Milton. Joe Jeez Milton. Oh, Louise. The, the, the one that, the one that Urban Meyer compared to Cam Newton. Yes, yes. I fell in love, and I was all for the hype, and then he beat Minnesota week one, and I thought he was God, and boy, oh, boy, was he bad. <laughs> boy, oh, boy, was he bad. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so, obviously, we gave our opinions. Now, a prediction. Who's the week one starter? Who rolls out first? Number 12, Cade McNamara. <clears throat> Agree. Who rolls out against Ohio State? I think Cade McNamara. I agree. Okay. We agree. All right. Before we move on, it poses a question. Only because we agree, I'm going to ask the question. Does JJ transfer if he's not the starting quarterback, or is he okay with limited role, knowing that he's probably guaranteed the starting job next year, no matter what? I don't. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He's already expressed his his uh, his heartfelt love for the Block M. Uh, well, I'll say this: Cade's going to be your starter from now till December, unless something catastrophic happens in terms of, God forbid, an injury or a game where he just spouts off three picks or four or whatever, and, and they mm -hmm. lose that game because he's playing so atrociously. But, um, yeah, I don't see him um, giving that job up anytime soon. Running backs. So, obviously, um, our father, Hassan Haskins, <laughs> leaves us. He is no longer here. Um, as long as this pod's been going, I have been telling the world how Hassan Haskins is unstoppable and he's great and needs to be given the ball on every single down. Um, I will miss Hassan Haskins. But, boy, am I excited for this running back room this season. So Blake Corum returns, uh, assuming health. Obviously, he was banged up at the end of last year. Uh, Corum was fantastic, and people forget through like six, seven games, was talked about in the Heisman conversation. I mean, literally, I think he had 11 touchdowns through like six or seven games. Um, absolute dog. But <laughs> just like Cade McLamara, just like JJ, 
Donovan Edwards is a five-star running back who literally can do it all. Passing, literally passing, rushing, receiving. He has a single-game record for receptions by a running back in Michigan history in a single game, and I believe also rushing yards. Maybe not receptions, but rushing yards for sure, or uh, receiving yards for sure in a game. Um, had definitely opportunities last year as the third back, easily the third back behind Hassan and in Corum. And he looked bright towards the end of the year. Definitely at the beginning was, there was some struggles, uh, in limited time, maybe you get a carry here, carry there, but towards the end of the season, definitely was not only was he a, a player, he was a factor. We were using him to win games. Um, and then, Another running back that comes to mind, and if there's another one, feel free to add it. But freshman C.J. Stokes, people are talking him up. Uh, I think he would potentially see the field. It almost sounds like Harbaugh says he's forcing his way onto the field. I mean, that's how good he's been. Um, Opinions on Corum, Edwards, and anybody else, Stokes, whoever you want to talk about. Oh, man, Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, a fully uh, amped up, healthy Blake Corum. I think he's going to be – um, I think he's just going to be an absolute stud. He can do everything, and so can Donovan Edwards. That's like Michigan's offense is so blessed this year in terms of at least depth, right? Um, and they got a lot of miles to feed. But uh, Donovan Edwards, I'll give you a bold prediction later. I, I, I think Donovan Edwards, I'll give it to you now. I think Donovan Edwards is going to could fill a Percy Harvin type role. Um, and I think with these first three games that we, we mentioned earlier, being on the softer side, I don't think that these two are going to get the tunnel work. I think obviously they're going to get their feet wet in these three games. But obviously you want to keep them guys fresh for the Big Ten uh, season. Uh, I think uh, we will see – you've seen glimpses of them last year. Uh, Tavier Dunlap, I think uh, that big body, uh, I think he's going to get some burn. Um, and I think he's going to be carrying uh, the rock in between the tackles here uh, to kind of alleviate that pressure. C.J. Stokes, you're right. Been getting a little talk. And so is Khalil Mullings. Khalil Mullings is a linebacker, and he is one of the two players on this team right now that is getting reps on both sides of the ball. So Khalil Mullings, um, you know, we might see him uh, before we know it. So, again, Michigan is blessed with a lot of uh, fresh faces and a lot of uh, a lot of depth. But, but, yeah, absolutely. This running back room is crowded, but in a very good way. So – I don't think there's a running back one, running back two depth chart here. I believe both running backs are running back ones. I mean, one could take the first carry one game. One could take the first carry the other game. Um, One could be in on third down one play. One could be on third down another. I mean, I don't think that it's just definitely situational matchup wise. Um, But I have questions. Who leads this team in rushing, rushing yards this season? Between these two, I, I think I would think I think Blake Corn will lead in rushing, and I think but I think Tom Edwards will lead in in terms of scrimmage yards because of the receiving, and Blake Corn can receive the ball in the backfield, but we've seen especially in that that breakout game at, at Maryland uh, of Donovan Edwards showing at ten receptions, hundred and seventy yards, whatever, ain't no thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think scrimmage yards lean toward Edwards and, and the rush to, to Blake Horn. And yeah, I was going to say, I forget what I was going to say, but go ahead. What about <laughs> rushing TDs? 
That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna. I'll stick with Corum because. So you got Corum as the the lead back. As the lead back, I, I I do I do I think he's gonna get the majority of the carries. But again, in terms of touches, though, I think it, it'll look. I think it'll look pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, not to cut you off. So obviously, you have you have Corum as like the between the tackles guy, getting a lot of stuff. You said uh, Edwards as kind of a Percy Harvin role. So obviously, you probably envision them both being on the field at the same time. Edwards a lot in the I, yeah, slot, in yeah. the backfield, doing whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can have K. McBarry in the gun and have them both on one on each side. I don't see that as a as not a possibility. I think it's a very very big possibility. Yeah. And now that, I like, now, that, now that Edwards has the threat of throwing the ball, I mean, now you got to account for, now you got to account for that, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I, it's going to sound like I don't like Blake Corm because that is not even remotely the case. Um, I, I love Blake. I think he's a great player, a great kid. I think Donovan Edwards is special. He was buried in the depth chart last year and really came on towards the end of last year. And what we've seen over the last three to four games, I think we're going to see all the time. I think you're going to see a lot of catches, a lot of between the tackle and breakaway stuff. I think you're going to see some pass attempts. Um, I'm going to say it. I don't even care. I'm sure people are going to call the homer out. I think Donovan Edwards can win the Heisman Trophy. I'm, I, I, that's where I'm at. That's that's his ceiling, in my opinion. Like that, it, over under, over under, over under seven pass attempts. <clears throat> You know, I could say over. I think I think it, I think it could happen over. Yeah, like almost won a game. Like at some point, Donovan's gonna throw the ball. Yeah, I mean, over the course of the season, I definitely I could I could see maybe nine or ten. Absolutely. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe I mean maybe you might even. It's been a while, but you know what happens? You know, if he lines up in a wildcat, you're on the goal line, just like Jabril Peppers was. Why the hell not, dude? I, there's so much, so much can happen because of all these, these freaking weapons. This is absolutely insane. Like we're not, I'm not saying these guys are like where Ohio State level is at in, in terms of the raw talent, but I no, mean, fuck Ohio State. We beat Ohio State. We can talk. <laughs> we can talk up some running backs but, here for but, a minute. But, but but no, seriously though, between the the running backs and the wide receivers, absolutely, man, anything's possible. <clears throat> here, here's the thing. Before before we even go any farther, I know you brought him up, and I, you know I, I get all hype up here for a second. But Ohio State's great; they got their five star talents everywhere. This is a very good Michigan team, and there are so many players that aren't going to be talked about because they're not C.J. Stroud, they're not Smith Ajigba, they're not Marvin Harrison's boy, they're not whatever their running back's name is, I could care less. He didn't score five touchdowns, I can tell you that. Uh, he, the thing is, is like, Donovan Edwards would be the starting running back for Ohio State. That's my, I don't think that's, 
I don't think I'm being crazy when I say that. I, I mean, he was recruited by it, him. <laughs> the, o- the only way Blake Corum, or the only way Donovan Edwards isn't the Heisman Trophy winner this year is if Blake Corum is just an absolute dog. That's what I think is holding back Donovan Edwards. Because Blake Corum is that good that Donovan won't get as much snaps as he needs to win the Heisman. Because I think Edwards is that guy. Time will tell. Um, yeah, I, I love this room. I, I'm so excited for this room specifically. Uh, I mean, we don't have to go too much longer on it. I, I will give you mine. I think Donovan Edwards leads the team in rushing. I think he leads them in touchdowns. And I think you're right with all-purpose yards. I don't think Corum – I think Corum becomes basically um, – not a shadow. Again, I, I'm not trying to down Quorum. I love Quorum. I just think Edwards is that good. <laughs> I think Edwards becomes Hassan and yeah. Blake gets worked in. I think I think we have an Hassan Haskins part two here with uh with Donovan Edwards. Are you ready to talk wide receiver room? Let's do it. Okay. Um So there's a word I'm going to use for this room. And again, I'm not, we're not comparing to Ohio state, but this room is loaded. It's probably the most loaded room I can remember at Michigan from, from what, from what we've seen. So we get Ronnie Bell back healthy after tearing his ACL week one last year. Cornelius Johnson returns. Roman Wilson, who was an absolute factor late in the year last year, he returns. Andrew Anthony, uh, he had his breakout game against Michigan State. Didn't really do that much down the stretch, kind of disappeared, but he he was a freshman, young. He's back for a sophomore year. A.J. Henning, um, a lot of people compare him to Debo Samuel. His name been, has been floated around at, uh, in Michigan locker rooms as kind of a Debo Samuel type, can kind of do it all. And then freshman Darius Clemens, who's everybody's uh, pretty high on as well. Any other names I forgot that you think could make an impact this year? Um, I think you hit it. Uh, I, I don't know. We have uh, another talented freshman, Amari and Walker. I don't know if you said his name or not. But yeah, I, I did. Okay. You're, you're right. They're just like, there's like legitimately like eight, nine, maybe 10 wide receivers here that I have. And I didn't even name style to it. So I yeah. didn't even bring up Sanders still, who you who are you already kind of spoke about earlier as a guy that's playing both ways. I don't know how much wide receiver he's going to play this yeah. year. It seemed like when he did catch it right. last year, they were all highlights, all highlight catches, um, diving catches oh, here, diving right catches yeah. there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean Sanders still is an absolute dog. Um, and people talked about him potentially being a captain too. Uh, I guess we'll see, but. Um, initial predictions for the wide receiver room. Anything stick out to you? No, nothing sticks out to me. Uh, so hard to predict this. It's really great to have Ronnie Bell back. Uh, obviously, he went down last year in the, in the beginning of the season on a freak injury, and then I think it was like right after he made an insane one handed grab on the sideline that somehow was OPI. Uh, 
Horrendous but, call. But I, yes, I love AJ Henning. That the that Debo Samuel type is absolutely absolutely right. Uh, and then Ed, Andrew Anthony has just like ridiculous speed. I wouldn't. I'd be running hook and ladders with that dude all day. Um, so if we can get him in open space, I mean, I, with him, with all that speed, I'm surprised. I mean, maybe maybe he was, and I just I'm, I'm having a foggy memory here. But like, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him on kickoff returns. But um, these these guys have so much potential. Darius Clemens caught a long deep pass from. I think Davis Warren spring game or whatever. So that was the everyone hooting and hollering about that. <clears throat> um, but Johnson, I really like him. He can stretch the field. These guys, a lot of them can do the same things, and that's what makes them dangerous because when they're all on the field, you don't know who's going to do what. And, you know, Roman Wilson, um, you know, isn't like like – the monstrous wide receiver that he plays like, but he can, he can, he can go up and get it too. So these guys definitely have one of the deeper rooms mentioned earlier and probably the deepest it's been since the early two thousands when you had Jason Avant, Steve Bresson and, and Braylon Edwards and stuff like that. So these guys, um, they have no excuses to not be uh, one of the country's best. They were one of the, they were, they led the nation last year. In terms of offense and, and 50 plays, uh, 50 yards or more uh, play wise. So they should uh, pick up right where they left off. Yeah, I just think that this room is full of guys that want to be the best. Uh, there's not really any one receiver that anybody's out there saying, oh, this guy's the clear cut number one. And he, you know, Ronnie Bell's probably got the biggest argument based off of what we've seen in the past, but obviously, you know, we, we got a one game sample size of him last year and that was kind of it. So uh, I did think Cornelius had a really good season in his, in Ronnie's, um, you know, departure, his injury departure. I thought Cornelius played a great, a great uh, wide receiver one backup, but Roman Wilson was, was fantastic in spots. Uh, I know you talked about AJ, um, Andrew Anthony's speed, but AJ Henning's speed. I mean, he was part of, you know, he was on that kickoff return mm-hmm. that went up against, uh, yeah. was it Maryland? Fair the one Maryland. late in the year. Yeah. So yeah. AJ Henning, I mean, we've seen a lot of that, that Debo style stuff, you know, 20 years, 30 years from now, there's going to be a trivia question. You know, Michigan scored 42 points against Ohio state. Hassan Haskins had, you know, five of those touchdowns, 35. AJ Henning had the other one. And it was the first one, you know, the right. first, that first touchdown, that end around was yeah. from AJ Henning. So I think that, you know, as far as the speed and space, AJ Henning got free on a really long rushing touchdown week one last year. He had that kickoff return touchdown against Maryland. He had that end around against Ohio state. AJ, he's just a playmaker. You put the ball in his hands. That's what he's going to do. Whether he's catching a ball, whether he's taking a, um, a handoff or he's on a kickoff return. Um, prediction time. Who leads this team in receptions? Ooh. That's a very good question. I, um, want to go first. Okay. Uh, I think, I'm sorry. If you, I, I do want to say this, we're talking wide receivers. If you think it's somebody else, feel free to say, yeah. But we're talking wide receivers here. Right. Me- I, meaning I if you think it's a running back or a tight end, feel uh, free to say. 
No, I think I think uh, I think Ronnie Bell. Uh, I'll, we'll stick we'll stick with the wide receiver room. I'll 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 say that Ronnie Bell needs his interceptions. I think he comes back uh, stronger than ever. <clears throat> what about yards? In terms of yards. Give me Cornelius Johnson. Uh, he's been he's been proven to stretch the field so far. Yeah. Andrew Anthony has been more of slant route, slant route catch and run, and Cornelius Johnson has been at Wisconsin going up and getting a jump ball yep. touchdown, and he's yep. also burned DBs. So I'll take I'll, I'll take Cornelius on that one. He had he had the deep one late against Ohio State to kind of to seal that game before Hassan ran it into. People forget about that deep catch he had yep. late in that yep. game. Uh, what about touchdowns? Uh, touchdowns. Uh, I'll stick with I'll stick with Courtney on the on the touchdowns. Maybe, okay. Maybe, maybe a sneaky Roman Wilson, but uh, I'll take I'll take I'll stick with Courtney on that one too. <clears throat> yeah. I uh. I'm going <clears throat> I think Ronnie does lead the team in catches. But I think Andrew Anthony is gonna lead the teams in yards in touchdowns. Um okay. I like Cornelius. I, I hope that he continues to to be great because if I mean if he is if he leads the team in touchdowns in in yards, I think that Michigan's gonna be really good. Um, but I'm hoping Andrell does too, because that means that Michigan's got multiple absolute threats. So, I guess we'll see. Um, any crazy predictions for this room outside of of what we just talked about? No, not at all. Not yet. Okay. Uh, tight end. Eric Gall, Luke Schoomaker. We don't have to take a ton of time in this room, but uh, I think it's fair to say that in 2020, when we started doing this pod and we were talking about uh, players that we'd like to see more of, Eric Gall's name came up a lot because it just, he was not great after being hyped up so much, but I thought last year he was as good as he could have possibly been coming off that 2020 season. And I expect another jump out of him this year. Uh, Luke Schoomaker towards the end of last year, I thought was really good and a great complimentary, but I don't think he's better than Eric Gall. Where are you at on this room? Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, look, hats off to Eric Gall because 2020, um, you know, that was when we first really did the Michigan pod, and you know, people were like, "This guy's getting compared by the coaches to Jimmy Graham," and like. Might be doing practice, but sure as hell ain't doing it on the field in 2020 or 2021. Boom! And he put that game on his back at Penn State to win it. Uh, Eric All, if there wasn't so many wide receivers and, and, and weapons all over the place, I mean, Eric All probably would be uh, right behind Brock Bowers uh, from Georgia to be the Mackey Award winner for the nation's best tight end, in my opinion. And between Eric Hall and, and Luke Scootmaker. I mean, it's my sound bias, but I mean, that's probably the best duel in the conference. Um, you know, Iowa's got Sam Laporta, who's, who's really good, uh, but 
I'll take Eric all any day of the week. And I think with these two out there, I mean, they both had great games against the Big Ten Championship, too. I mean, Eric all had a one-handed grab while the DBs all over him. And the Schoonmaker had two phenomenal catches, and one of them was a one-handed grab as well. So, uh, pick your poison. These dudes are going to be eating the seams. And uh, you got all that speed on the outside. Eric all is going to be uh, basically uh, Travis Kelsey in the inside. Um, I think Eric all has a chance to lead the team in catches. I think he's that. I outside the wide receiver, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I I think he is. If he takes another jump, he. I, I think he's a problem. I think he is a problem because ultimately. We're too good at running back. Like, we're too good. We have great running back. I don't care what three wide receivers just stick out there. Doesn't matter. If Eric All is out there, too, you have an issue. And you got to cover him. And who do you have to cover him? So, excited for Eric All's production this year. I don't really have, like, a massive prediction on him. I just think that he could potentially lead the team in in catches, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, O line. Okay, one second here. So as far as the O line does go, I think that we are. I think we're supposed to have – so, obviously, this this O-line won the Joe Moore Award last year, the best O-line in the country. I'm not saying they're going to win it again, but this is a, another really good group, and they bring in a transfer center from Virginia who won the, the best center in the country award. Well, it came in, came in second. came in second. Oh, okay. He came in second. Yep. So yep. – Ryan Hayes at left tackle. Zach Zinter, who's been an absolute dog since he ever walked on campus. Um, I don't know. I guess the only – I think they are poised to, to start a freshman at right tackle, right? Trenty Jones, is that – Yeah, it's looking Aaron. like Trenty Jones and Carson Barnhart are in neck-and-neck battle. But according to um, USA Today and, and all the beat writers or whatever, they're saying that uh, Trenty Jones has got, the, has got a slight leg up. Yeah, so he's – you know, that's the only – I don't even want to call it a weakness because we, we haven't seen it, but we got one freshman on the offensive line on the right tackle, but everybody else, we got some studs and some veterans. What do you think of the offensive line projections for that this year? Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you got three fifths returning, and then you have uh, a, a Remington finalist. Uh, and, you know, and and uh, also going to old teamy and be a mouthful to say. I'm just calling him double O. But uh, he he's an absolute behemoth. Came to Michigan because he loves hitting people in the run game. He's 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 a pile mover. Um, and then so yeah, really, you're really your fresh face is going to be uh, Trente Jones if he gets the role. And Carson Barnhart has been in and out of rotations at Michigan, so it's not like he's you know never seen the field either. But um, offensive line, I mean. You lose two players, but you but you keep three fifths of it. Can't be math at all, and so um, it's definitely definitely a strength. So uh, you got 
one of the best centers in the country. And he, uh, I think it was uh, Tyler Longdog or Tyler Lugenbaum or whatever. The, he was the Iowa center. He's in the NFL now somewhere or whatever. But that's yeah. more the, the trophy. But, yeah, um, I ain't got no problems here. with it. That's the least of my concern, honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, going right into the D-line, um, I include D-line and edge kind of the same. But Chris Jenkins, yeah. Taylor Upshaw. Mozzie Smith, who everyone's talking about all of a sudden, uh, is I believe it's freshman Mason Graham, correct? This is his freshman use. Yeah, yeah. So, um, pieces for sure. Obviously, this is the area of the team that probably took the biggest hit, losing Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. What are your opinions on the defensive line, both interior and the edge? Well, a lot of a lot of it's going to be new uh, new new faces, but these boys are in reload uh, mode right now. Mozzie Smith, you just mentioned, he made uh, he made uh, top fifty. He was number one uh, of the fifty of uh, uh, free, physical freaks list. Uh, uh, what's that? I can't think of the beat the beat writer's name. He makes it up every year. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Paul, not Paul Feinbaum, not that not that curmudgeon. Um, but yeah, he, no, he finished number he finished number one on the freaks list, though. Yeah, correct. And 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 uh, you know Jim Harbaugh in camp, everyone was trying to guess who it was. He 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 mentioned that uh, a freshman player that came in was uh, a gift from the football gods, but he wouldn't say it by name. So everyone's been playing the guessing game. A lot of people think it's Kenneth Grant. He's a freshman uh, uh, lineman coming in. He is six foot three, three hundred and fifty six pounds. So. Uh, be ready to hear Kenneth Grant's name, um, but these boy these boys were loaded. Uh, obviously, you have Mike Morris and uh, Taylor Upshaw. Those guys are going to be anchoring down the majority of those reps. And then, of course, we got word last week that we were getting a former Alabama, former Houston, and UT Martin all the same one, uh, and uh, Yabi Anoma, um, former five star edge rusher, transferring in, and of course. He had a lot of off the field issues at Houston, uh, but he has NFL level talent. And that's why he's on the top 10 uh, edge rushers uh, for the next year's draft. Um, so a lot of raw talent with the off the field issues. Uh, it, it, Michigan's in a win-win here, right? He's a late addition, of course, but uh, Biff Pogey, who is the associate head coach, he has been with Michigan on and off since Jim Harbaugh has been here and he coached, Anoma uh, in high school. So you fit, you hope that with Biff Poggi here, that he can hone in on this guy, get him to, to really focus. And again, it's a win-win. So this guy takes off. He's going to be, I mean, only, only a positive uh, part of this locker room here. So, I mean, that's all it's about for the the defensive line, but, um, but yeah, I think these boys are going to be coming at you in waves and you might not, know all the names right away, but you will. And then we also have, uh, last but not least, we have another transfer that came in from Central Florida, Cam Good. He's another nose tackle. I think he had five, four and a half or five sacks last year um, for the Golden Knights. So Cam Good, he's he's beefy, 323 pounds. So these guys are going to have a lot of, a lot of uh, bellies moving around up front. So front seven, even the back end, we're all looking good. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of question marks, but I think there's a lot of excitement for this position too. And I I know Harbaugh has done a really good job of basically telling people like, I'm not scared. You shouldn't be either. 
You know, this is, this is a position they feel really good about. Um, they did hire a new defensive line coach, stolen from Notre Dame, uh, former Wolverine, Mike, help me out. Defensive Sorry, line coach. The defensive line coach they stole from Notre Dame. Oh, Mike Elston. Mike Elston. So, obviously, Elston comes in. They got the, they got the new coaching staff there. I think they're I think they're super excited about what they can do, both stopping the run and ensuing pressure on the quarterback. And here's the thing: this team's gonna take a step back rushing the passer. That's a fact. And if I'm wrong, watch out because Michigan's really good. If Michigan does not take a step back rushing the passer, Michigan's gonna be elite. So they'll probably take a step back, but that's okay. And there's other ways that they can find ways to to rush the passer and create pressure. So. Um, who's the sack leader of this team before we move on? That's a good question. You know, last year uh, we had obviously 14 and 11 from Ojabo and, and Hutchinson, and that actually had as a team nationally, I think in, in total, I think they were like ranked in the low thirties. So overall higher just because of they, those two monster numbers, but I think you're going to hear a collective team unit. You're going to get probably close to that, or I could say a little bit more, um, but I think it's probably – I'll probably go with either Taylor Upshaw or Mike Morris because those are the edge guys, and Michigan has done a really phenomenal job at producing edge guys since Jim's been here, uh, from Josh Uche all the way up. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, I think it's going to be between one of those two. And it's probably going to be like maybe five, six. But I think, again, collectively these guys um, are going to be coming from all sides. Uh, Linebackers. Um, the two that I'm going to note here, Junior Colston, uh, freshman last year, took on a huge role next to Josh Ross, and I thought he was exceptional. And then Hill Green. Um, where are you at on the linebacker core? Are there some other names that I'm not mentioning that should be impact players? Um, Barrett stepped up huge at times last year. He's going to be a senior. Um, yeah, Junior Colston, love him. He – he, he uh, he would, I think he had, uh, came in fifth on the team in total tackles last year at 60. I feel like he'll probably be leading the team this year. Uh, 100% you know, Josh, agree. Uh, Josh Ross, I think, had led last year at 106. Well, obviously, he's with the Ravens now. But Mikhail Hill Green going to be looking um, to lean on him a lot. Brain McGregor, they're going to be expecting a lot from him. He's been getting kind of banged up since he's been in Ann Arbor. So his junior year this year, he's going to look to write the, his, his, uh, write his story. Um, and then Derek Moore, the freshman, uh, keep an eye on him. And uh, we kind of mentioned him earlier with the running backs because he's playing two ways is Clell Mullings. So, they, again, they have a lot of raw talent, and it's just going to be who wants it more. Yeah. Yeah, no, I – so you already answered your own my own question. I'll, I'm going to piggyback. I think Junior Colson does lead the lead, uh, lead the team in tackles this year uh, and competes for leading the Big Ten as well, I think. Um. Corners. So you got DJ Turner, uh, Jemin Green, Will Johnson, Mike Sanders still. Other names I'm not mentioning that could be impact players here. Um I hear a lot from and this is between corner and safety. I think you're gonna hear a lot from RJ Moan and Rod Moore. Um so again, he's gonna be playing both ways. It sounds like he's he's listed as a DB, so I, 
Uh, he's wearing number zero this year. He went from five to zero on his jersey. So uh, that's Sanders still, right? Yep. So yeah. Sanders still is he'll, he's listed at the DB. They're gonna expect him to be there. DJ Turner, I think, made a real big leap. And then you got the the it's it's funny. You got Jermon and Jamon, uh, yeah, the, the Green brothers. They made a huge leap from 2020 to last year. Same with Vincent Gray, but Vincent Gray has now departed. Uh, so I think eventually, when you get down to um, maybe the Big Ten schedule, or maybe you know at some point you're going to see the five-star recruit uh, Will Johnson make his way into uh, some playing time, uh, and I think that I feel like they're going to ease him in uh, because you have a lot of faces here. I think you'll they'll ease Will Johnson in, kind of like how Lloyd Carr did with Donovan Warren. Donovan Warren came in on the back end of Lloyd Carr's career, and he was kind of kind of compared to Leon Hall, um, and so he kind of uh, built his way in and, and became a pretty valuable uh, outside corner. So uh, that's that's pretty much what I got there. Um, but, yeah, I really like R.J. Moten. He, 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 he got a lot of experience last year. So Yeah, so I, I think a lot to look forward to in the secondary. Where are you at on Will Johnson? You think he's an immediate player? You think he gets worked in? Well, yeah, like, like I said, I think I think they're gonna uh, like how Donovan Warren was, kind of just get eased in there. But um, I don't think he's gonna be starting anytime soon. But I think he's definitely gonna get a lot of burn, especially in these first three games. Who leads the team in interceptions? I think uh, I think DJ Turner very well could. Um, he had a nice one last year. That was one. That was probably the the knock on this defense was not enough interceptions. And yeah, I they didn't take with, the ball away a ton. And I think with DJ Turner making this this leap forward, I think he's going to be getting everyone's best receiver, and so he's going to be uh, he's going to be getting work a lot. And so uh, he's going to see no shortage of ball turns away. Yeah, I think it's probably the easy answer, but I also think DJ Turner leads this team in picks. Um, Yeah. Brad Robbins returns as the punt. Uh, Jake Moody, the goat, returns to kick. Um, Jake Moody won the kicker award last year, whatever that was. He's a preseason All-American. Do you see any reason why he would take a step back this year? No, and, and, and it, it just—it was such a relief last year, knowing that you had a kicker that you could rely on. It's been a long time <clears throat> since Michigan's had a kicker that you could really rely on. I know we had, you know, Brendan Gibbons went through a, a spurt there in 2012 where he hit like 20 in or not 20 in a row, but like 12 in a row or something like that, maybe more. I can't remember, but um, you know, Jake Moody um, was a very key a big key cog to uh that went against nebraska last year and some very pressure yeah. pressure pressurized situations so uh you know both these guys i think i think jake moody is going to be drafted next year and i think brad robbins is going to find himself uh on an nfl roster as well <clears throat> anything else on the depth chart before we hand it over to the schedule uh, i think we i think we hit i think we hit the roster pretty well my man good, good shit all right, so this episode ended up going a little bit longer than we thought it was going to. So what we ended up doing is uh, we're going to split it up. We'll talk a little bit the schedule on a part two next week. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, off-season Michigan, uh, in-depth depth chart, talking opinions on position groups and things like that. 
Join us next week as we talk the schedule, uh, season predictions, Michigan-Ohio State, of course, and uh, what to expect as far as a record goes for this team. So thanks again for, uh, for listening, and we are out. Real talk.